It's the Tiltcast, episode 490, the SS Final Fantasy. This week, guys, we talk Demon Souls, Halo Infinite, Eternal, Final Fantasy XIV expansions, Guardians of the Galaxy, and Eternal Cylinder. Triple. Stay tuned. Dun, 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 dun. Finally. It's the Tillcast. And we're back. It is 9.57 p.m. on 12.18, the last show of the year. It is, yes. Yes, it is. It's an M-rated show. I'm Nas. Um, Jason. I'm Rusty. And with three of us, you're going to get some out of time's worth of bullshit. Three this time. Holy shit. Yeah. It's been a minute. Some games and some news. Um, yeah, it's been a minute. Um, so we've had everybody. We still don't have everybody in the same room. No, because fucking, you know, Jason loves to do remote now. You can see he's got quite the setup. I see his picture of him facing the inside of his uh, closet. With a, uh, you know, with one of those weird Skype backgrounds of, what is that, a shopping mall? No, he oh, no, it's whatever Discord he posted had. it here. Oh, oh, that is the setup, dude. That is no the way. setup. Yeah, facing the inside of his closet. You know, yeah, just like all good recorders do. Yeah, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. Never left the closet. Um, <laughs> we're going to go ahead and... When you have limited amount of space. Well... Yeah. Well, the acoustics, uh, acoustics in a closet. Uh, many, many a YouTuber record in, in their closet. Just saying. I mean, it's just a, it's a valid. Get very little reverb off of it. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, provided that you're speaking into like, you know, 14 years worth of clothing. Um, right. You know, it's very cheap sound dampening. Or, you know, not cheap, frugal. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been a minute. Yeah, it's been uh, six weeks since we've all three done a show. Yeah, yeah. I would uh, I, I I would have been here for if not for a lot of shit happening personally. So, um, there's not much I can get into. Um, but I can tell you right now. Um, uh, as my, my thing is, this, this is a very family time of year. And if you have the opportunity and, you know, to do so, spend as much time with your family as you can. <laughs> so what Rusty is saying is that he, uh, he sailed across the ocean and he was captured by pirates. He wished to see his family, but he didn't have the ability to do so. So he was trapped on a pirate ship for six weeks. Yeah, that, I guess. You could you could make up a story about that all you want. Yeah. I was... The, the SSS Final Fantasy. The, S, the SS <laughs> Final Fantasy? Um, no, <laughs> well... That's not a pirate ship. <laughs> I was in the brig. <laughs> uh, 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm, I've been spending a lot of time playing Final Fantasy re- uh, lately. So that's why that's why these guys are on my shit about Final Fantasy. Um, but yeah. Um, play what makes you happy. It, it, it is... is it is something I've had a contingency for, though. So, oh, it has really. Yeah. So a we're contingency. gonna. Yeah, because I realized that you stopped playing other games around halfway through the year. No, I played two more games. Oh, good. See, I've got three games to talk about. Ninety-five percent of it is Final Fantasy, but I've got two other games I'm ta- I can talk about. Well, the contingency I had is so what you probably haven't even thought about. Is uh, we need to make our list for game of the year. Oh, fuck me. Um, well, I can tell you right now, there's a shoe in. 95% of my time was used on it, so. <laughs> you may have put more, well, I mean, you haven't put more time in that in World of Warcraft, but. No, not by a long shot. See, when I logged off back in Cataclysm and WoW, I think I had like 350 days on the main character that I was, you know, that I was playing. Really? She's over there, you know, not because she's not able to, you know, uh, Lola the Wonder Dog over here is, uh, uh, is destroying her freaking uh, blanket because she cannot be on me the entire uh, podcast. She hasn't done that in a long time. She just, <laughs> look over, she's literally ripping her blanket. What the fuck, man? <laughs> well... Just you need to calm the uh, the fuck down there, dog. But yeah, um, you had like what almost a hundred and fifty days in your alt. Uh, so three fifty uh, on my main character, about a hundred and some odd days on on an alt character, and that was in Cataclysm. That was like you know what three expansions in, right? I, and it's I, like eight nine fucking expansions. In, in we now. had the, we had this conversation a few months ago, and I talked to my friend Brian, who I gave my account to so that I wouldn't play MMOs anymore. Uh-huh. Because I played them for too long. Right. And my main character had 588 days played. At the time that you transferred them off? Yeah. See, you... And that was one of a full bank of characters. And I had some alts that had over 200 days. You see, somehow you played more than me. Um, well, I played from 2004 all the way to when I started podcasting. When so, I started podcasting, I quit. So I have a beef against MMOs because I stopped everything in life. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I didn't. I, I don't necessarily stop everything, um, but I would it, say relationships had issues. Uh, um, friendships had issues. Don't have relationships. My friends, I can count in one hand. Um, so. When you limit those things, you don't have so many things to worry about. <laughs> but, yeah, so... I, I understand. But, yeah, I had to get... So, anytime you've talked to me about playing an MMO, I've said, absolutely not, for those reasons. Like, I've dabbled, like, ESO was a dabble. But I wasn't playing that like World of Warcraft by any measure. The, the difference and between... It didn't have it didn't have the hooks that World of Warcraft did. Yeah, well, the difference between, you know, like, a game like ESO and um, even Final Fantasy is there isn't, like, um, you're not forced to continue to play. 
that was that's something that's unique to Blizzard, or not necessarily unique to Blizzard, but it's part of the Blizzard formula. Um, if you don't play, you miss out on something, uh, or you're not caught up to whatever you need to do. Well, um, you're in a guild that. So, and you have time, you know, time requirements to raid and shit like that. Yeah. There were, there were some points in one of the guilds that I was in that it was a server first kind of guild. So like, right. I was in one of those two. Yep. That was, you're off work. Okay. It's time to play. And then there was even a point where I was at work and working overnights where it was, I just brought a PC into work in the same building that Jason's in now. Um, (laughs) And I worked completely overnight with a PC plugged in, and I was running my game overnights. Yeah. Um, completely different time, but that was, uh, yeah, I was playing like fucking crazy. Yeah, it's it's like, a little different. I mean, I put a lot of time into Final Fantasy, but it's not, I would say from a time commitment standpoint, like, there is... I solved tickets on a back end for Sprint. Okay, well... So I mean, what I did is I went through and fixed stuff on a server, mm-hmm. and then sent employees and customers emails, but mostly employees, saying this thing was fixed. Right. And got paid shit for it. Well, I guess it wasn't shit. Early 2000s, making $18 an hour. That's not bad, you know, <laughs> but that, then, that's not bad at all. And then, of course, my ass was like, man, fuck this job, and I quit. Well, and I don't then, know why you did that, but mm, whatever. Back end, you know, back end stuff, admin stuff is, you know, it still pays well. Um, probably not as much as what you're getting paid right now, but just saying. Um, uh, the, uh, this, the, back to Final Fantasy, right? Um, so, uh, uh, the, the com- time commitment issue, right? Um, not trying to sell you on this because I know I'll never do that. Um, but I, have no time commitments everything that i put into this game you have no time commitment yet you commit all your time to it it's because i want to not because i need to that's the difference um i don't need to spend four uh, four days out of my you know week farming for raid mats and then two days of my life doing nothing but run the same dungeon over and over and over and over again um and I do what I want to do in this game, and that and that is that ebbs and flows. That I could be like, you know what? I feel like combat today. I feel like going through some dungeons, or I feel like going and you know farming some materials, or I want to play you know play some stuff on the market board, or um, I want to just go fucking hang out in somebody's house and RP for a little bit. Um, not like that, um, <laughs> uh, or. I want to just kind of, you know, go see the sights because there's some really beautiful vistas in, in this game. It's, it's a very, very beautiful game. Um, I will sit there in fucking town sometimes just listening to people play music on, you know, with, you know, with Bard. It's just a thing. You can do whatever you want to do in that game. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of shit to do. I mean, it is a... Eight-year-old going on nine-year-old game right now. Well, actually, it's more like eleven years because if you take into account the well, I mean, two it's been, years, it's been remade, right? Eight years since the uh, the remake, uh, almost nine years since the remake, um, and it's still going strong. In fact, it is 
It is going so fucking strong right now. <laughs> it's it's going so strong you can't buy the game right now. That's how strong it is. Uh, yeah, didn't so, they suspend sales so that they could catch up with server capacity? That is nutty. I have never heard of a game stop sales and advertisements of their game because they've been too successful. They, I mean, as of right now, if I was to go home and log into the game, I wouldn't be able to play the game for about an hour to an uh, hour to two hours. Because there's a login queue for this game that takes about an hour to two hours at prime time. Sometimes up to three. Yeah, but you don't ever play at prime time, right? No, I I tend to play overnights, which has a, a smaller login queue of about 20 minutes. Um, but that's overnight, for crying out loud. Um, but, and it may sound like this was poor planning. Well, you know, they can't scale their servers up. And from my point of view in the line of work that I, I do which deals with servers and data centers. Um, I can tell you that scaling up servers like that, that quickly isn't a possibility. There's just well, too much shit. They've got 24, as of October, they had 24 million registered users. They're, they're gunning for the 30 million active, you know, registered users number. And they're going to get there. Um, but they had to put a stop to the registered users. They had to stop the, uh, the, you know, the really great and stupidly awesome free trial that they did. Um, and basically stop all new accounts. Um, I don't know if it's been pulled from steam yet, but it's supposed to have been actually pulled from steam as non-purchasable at this time. They are not generating any new digital codes for their website to purchase the game. They're not sending out any new retail boxes, and they're not advertising the game until they fix the server issues. The game still runs perfectly fine, provided that you can get into the fucking game, um, or if you have the patience to sit there for an hour or two. Um, but uh, it's it's gotten... Does it not auto-log you out if you... Sit it around. does it does auto log you out after 30 minutes if you sit around and if that, and that is the worst fucking feeling cuz you're like sitting there you know I have to go take a shit you know take a you know take a phone call or you know you know throw some fucking dishes in the dishwasher you come back and your character's been logged out and it's 2 hours to get back into where you were at um it is the worst feeling. I mean, there's other... You could play, like, whole levels of other games while you're waiting. There's that... And there is another... Uh, there's another issue. Um, one of the, you know, the issues with that. Normally, getting into the login queue is an automated process. You go... You log in, and it puts you in a login queue. And you normally, under normal circumstances, don't have to worry about it. Right? You'll stay in queue until your character logs in, and then you can switch back to that game. That way you could play other games, right? Or do other things. Um, currently, there's a server-side issue where there's uh, the login server has you know, like 21,000 spaces or something like that. Like 21,000 people can be in the login server. 
uh, waiting in queue. Uh, and once that fills up, it will uh, it'll cause a connection error on the client side, and that will kick you out of the queue. And you only have like about a minute or so to log back in to get back into your spot in queue. Otherwise, you end up at the end of the queue again. Um, so that basically means for the entire one to two hours, you are having to watch that number tick down ever so slowly and be ready for that disconnect so that you can log in really quickly and get back into the queue. If that disconnect didn't happen, it would be a non-issue for me because I'd go set myself up, log in. I'd go play fucking like, you know, Monster Train or some fucking like, you know, something that I can pick up and put down. Right. And, you know, and once I log in, I can play the game um, until they fix that issue, um, which they know what the problem is and they'll be fixing it next week. Uh, but the, uh, the, it's a leave over from the 1.0 days, the, uh, the, the very first iteration of Final Fantasy. It's a, it's a, it's a ghost from a, from a, uh, from an age gone by. From a time when nobody was playing this game. Right. Uh, they, they looked at it and said, there's no possible way we would have 21,000 people in the login queue. No way possible. And then it happens. This is all because of the uh, the new Endwalker expansion. Um, the, the new expansion is super fucking popular. Uh, and it just happens to be happening during the perfect storm of, uh, of, you know, Blizzard having, you know, shit in the bed. Uh, while kind of sucking hard and most of the other MMOs that are coming, you know, that have come out recently, like New World, uh, not getting a lot of support, uh, and Lost Ark not coming out till February. There's basically this, this void that Final Fantasy is basically, you know, filling and everybody is playing this fucking game. Um, it's good. It's very. It's a very, very good game. Like I, I'll, I'll talk about. I'll talk about my experience with Endwalker a little bit later. Um, but I kind of took over the beginning of the show here, and I'm not sure why. Um, <laughs> somebody said Final Fantasy, and I went into it. Um, <clears throat> well, speaking of Final Fantasy, so I, I talked about last week, Jason. I talked a little bit about the PS5 experience, right? So the uh, one of the things I was noticing, and I just want to kind of talk about it. I got Returnal, and I actually put a little bit more time into it. I, oh yeah. I think I have the first boss down. That is the hardest game I've ever played. Really? Yeah. And it's because you don't like bullet hells, and that game is like basically a fucking bullet hell. Some of it is, yeah, but it's uh, it requires a lot of very precise, quick timing. Like you can. There's invincibility frames in that game, so you can dodge through anything. But you got to cool down on your dodge, so you kind of got to time it to when you have nothing else, and it punishes the fuck out of you for getting hit. So you get multipliers for your damage for take killing things without getting hit, and the health pickups. What they do is, if you're at full health, you pick up three more health pickups, 
and it adds another bar to your health. So uh. if you get hit, now I got to go pick up health pickup to not add health to my health bar. So okay. and I lose my damage multiplier. My damage multiplier will go up to five, and I get extra effects on my bullets, basically. Right. Um, so it's those two things are kind of nuts. Um, it does something really cool, though. I was going to actually talk about the PlayStation Five controller for anybody who doesn't have Returnal. And this is, to my knowledge, the only game that does this. So there is some the haptic feedback in that controller is so precise that. It gives you two extra buttons in Returnal with haptic feedback. So it adds a whole lot of... I actually thought it was just, until I played other games, I actually just thought it was part of the controller. But it adds a whole bunch of tension to the triggers. Mm -hmm. So there's a half pull and then a full pull. So it gives you two points. Oh, cool. So half pull is aim. Full pull is ultimate with my weapon. Oh, interesting. And there's two different... I think there's two different firing modes in the other trigger, but yeah, like when you're holding it, I actually thought it was just another click, but the hapt it's made with the haptic feedback. With whatever controls the haptic feedback, it adds a whole bunch of tension to a certain point in the trigger. That's kind of neat. It is really cool. And then the sound effects come in. Like, I always thought the, the controller speaker was kind of dumb. Um, they still have that, and it actually is kind of cool. Um, there's all sorts of cool sci-fi noises coming out of your controller at all times in that I'm, game. I'm sorry. Every time I think of like the the PlayStation controller with the speaker, I I think of uh, Death Stranding and the baby sound. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, I'm sorry. Um, Are you shake your baby? We have to shake the freaking controller, shake the baby. Um, but yeah, it uh, no shake the baby. The uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's just something I was noticing as I was playing a lot more PS5 this week. So, mostly, this week has been exclusively PS5 stuff. Um, I've played a little... I've got one really old game, as old as Final Fantasy, that I've been playing, which is a completely different experience that I'll bring up in a little bit. Oh, yeah? But, um, it's nearly at a 1.0 release. This is an old... One of those games that came out in the 2013s, 2010s, that was an early access... Been in early access forever. Okay. Um, so anyways, yeah, so I played a decent amount of Returnal. I think I got a... I did that, and I played Demon Souls. Uh, uh, I mean, oh, you man. had to get that game, because that was the whole reason for you to get a uh, PlayStation 5. I will say that... So it's got two modes. This and then the other game on PS5 I'm playing have two modes. So they got performance and quality mode. I can't play games in 30 FPS anymore. <laughs> at all. I just can't. <laughs> Um, I can't play a game in 30 FPS. It's F like FPS knob. I just it hurts my eyes. <laughs> I can do up to I can do it hurts my eyes. I can do a 45, but yeah, like 30 feels really framey now, <laughs> and I just can't do it. So, but Demon Souls that in quality mode is what they call it or cinematic mode barely looks any better, and. Moving at 60 FPS looks really good. Oh, yeah. So I just fucking ignore the cinematic quality altogether and then play it at 60 FPS. So far, I'm almost halfway through the game. Um, Damn. I'm on a roll. I was not on this much of a roll last time I played Demon's Souls. But it, the, the strategy I'm using is when I'm playing it, I want to beat one boss. So I'm going to learn that one boss and that level to that boss. I'm going to beat it, and then I'm going to put my controller down. 
And that strategy has served me really well, because there's a few of them that took me several attempts before I got it. But I'm playing a hybrid, basically a spell sword, if you're going to go d and That's what I'm playing, mm-hmm. is a spell sword. Got my wand, um, and I've got some great magic attacks, and then I've got my sword, or I'm using, trying to specialize in strength weapons, and that seems like, for anybody that's a soul spoiler, that's a really weird build, but yeah, magic strength build is what I'm playing. Kind of low health. Uh, really high endurance, but honestly, if I'm getting hit, I'm getting fucked up anyway. So, not real heavy armor, none of that shit. Like, it's all, like, fast roll, decent 100% block, huge endurance bar, huge magic bar, huge magic damage. And I got about four spells that I have equipped at any one time. So, and I've got a little bit of faith. I've got enough faith to heal myself so I can get some extra heals. One of the big differences between Demon Souls and a lot of the games, except for Bloodborne, is you basically have to farm your healing items, but you can have a shitload of them on you. So at any one time, I've probably got like 90 healing items on me, but then I farm additional healing items sometimes by using my heal spell, and then I wear equipment that regenerates my magic slowly. So I'm kind of a hybrid caster slash uh, sword-wielding dude. Interesting. But, yeah, magic looks really fucking cool in Demon's Souls. It was cool way back in 2009, but the, I think it's called the Soul Spear, has really neat sound effects to it and looks really cool now. The magic just looks really cool. The fire looks really cool. The magic looks really cool. The animation for the cloak looks really cool. So the cloak, he takes his wand and then, like, brushes it in his air kind of over his head. The shape of a rainbow, but it's like this weird mist, and then he just like goes invisible, and it looks really fucking cool. But the uh... I'm 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 getting it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> if I if I had to count the amount of times you said cool in the last five minutes, <laughs> it's very cool. <laughs> so it's it's cool, but <laughs> um, so. But magic is... I never played magic that often before in previous Souls games. Right. I don't know the why the fuck... Why I haven't. Some because is, most people just play the fucking, like, you know, meat dude with fucking shields. I've typically got my character in such a state that he can not fat roll in, like, super heavy armor and super heavy shield and then just, like, fucking beat the shit out of everything. I could never play fat rolling fucking anything. But... Just... Give me, you know, give me extra, like, roll speed. You know, what you do is you play at under 30% weight or encumbrance for your character, and it's, mm-hmm. the, it's like naked roll speed almost. Good. So that's what I play with my spell sword. But magic makes things so much fucking easier. Like, I've got super high magic damage for my character, so my character's like level 40, and his magic damage, or his magic spell damage is at like 30. And, like, you fucking, once I get into a good spot where I can hit a boss and avoid their attacks, like, I fucking melt everything. So, like, some of the bosses that have been ridiculously hard as melee, I've been finding spots at range that I can just fucking melt them. And it's great. And then I've got such high magic damage when I enchant my weapon with magic, like a fucking one-shot shit. Like, he's so fucking over, he's a glass cannon. But it's a really fun glass cannon. Right. You get hit once and you're like, okay, well, I'm just going to go back. Yeah, usually you can survive about two hits from a boss maybe most of the time. Or a gaggle of dudes will come to me and I will get eaten pretty fast. You got 
you, you definitely get eaten by a gaggle of dudes, huh? Yeah. All right. Um, but just, just, but literally, I'm I'm halfway through Demon Souls inside of a week of a week and a half of playing it, and that's something. I'm back in my groove. Do you like, think? Do you think maybe it's too easy? Well, when I get to New Game Plus, and it won't be too easy. Okay. Well, you just you just have to get there so that you can get the challenge. Huh? Yeah. Well. Okay. Demon Souls. It's a good game. I mean, it's, you haven't played it in. I haven't played it since 2010. Like I played it, played it almost to the very end, way back when. Um, but I'm not even trying a lot of the cheese strategies. Like there's some, there's a dragon that's like doing dive bomb runs in one of the Ooh. early missions, and uh, there's a cheese for that to hit him with a bow. Um, I figured out how to kill him with maggot, ma- with maggots. maggots, kill him with maggots, uh, throw maggots at him. But by so you, I didn't realize this, but I was watching a video that was saying you can free aim magic, and then I figured out how to free aim magic. So normally you lock onto something and you cast your spell and it hits wherever that was aimed at. Right. They can dodge, but it, it's pretty easy to log on and aim and hit something with a projectile. But you can also, like, once you get used to the where it's going from your wand, like, you can kind of just, like, no-scope shit with your magic, which is kind of crazy. But I'm your fucking wizard, Harry. Yeah. Um, so, but, uh, <clears throat> yeah, Demon Souls is great. Um, I'm going to beat that probably by the end of Christmas break. Um, the last thing I was going to talk about that I was, since we've been talking Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy, um, Final Fantasy seven remake. So something that's really neat that I didn't know, uh-huh. cause I don't have any other games. I bought those two games, right? Right. Went to my PlayStation account and I was like, all right, I'll be willing to cough up a few bucks to go ahead and get my ps4 version of final fantasy 7 remake on my ps5 then i found out that it was a free upgrade and i was like fuck all right yeah do let's, it let's do it because i bought it digital and so i just literally downloaded the ps5 version of it and now it plays on my ps5 and also as rusty was coming in the door today i'd finally i didn't realize how far i gotten into the last game i got about 12 hours into the game uh-huh. last time until there was these weird texture issues where Look like fucking Play-Doh. Like, that's how bad the textures were. They were really bad. And it sat on version 1.0 for, like, six months. Right. Yeah. And I was like, fuck this. I, I, this is literally ruining my... This game has looked so good up to this point. They won't fucking fix this little thing that's a texture pop-in issue. And, you know, Final Fantasy fans, like, hardcore fans, right? they don't give a fuck. Like, it could be, like fucking completely broken dude we've been playing final fantasy 7 the og final fantasy 7 with fucking like characters that are made out of fucking legos uh (laughs) we're fine with a little bit of texture popping i'm not because i wanted to replay i haven't played that since high school (laughs) i actually i bought it on steam and then didn't play it again still i've got it on a sale for like three bucks but like when I got that, I wanted it to be a finished product. Right. Yeah. And I spent... Yeah, I've played seven, like, three or four times as an adult. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. I, the last time I played it was, like, an 11th grade prior to playing the remake. So, you know, I barely remember anything about the game. But um, going back into it, right, like, been having a lot of fun with it. I was playing it because I needed an easier game. Because Returnal and Demon Souls are take all my concentration to play sometimes. Um, and this doesn't, right? Like, you just need to follow along the story and then 
place of battles, and then the real-time battle system does take some, like, getting used to, but I'm used to it at this point. I've kind of figured out the rhythm of switching between characters and using their gauges when they're popping up, and figuring out the combos between them all. But yeah, I got to that point literally right before you walked in the door, and nothing was fucked up. So, and so that was extra issue. Yeah, so that fixed my issue, and so now I'm like, okay, I'm going to play the rest of this. It's pretty cool. Nice. So, yeah, that was a very positive experience. Like, everything I've had around this PS5 so far, me getting it the very first time that I tried to get it online for reals, to getting it, um, it took a couple weeks to get it to me, and then getting the games that I got on, like, major sale, I got both those games for 60 bucks together. And then having the uh, PS5 version of Final Fantasy VII Remake be available to me for free. And then I did buy, I paid, buy, bought PS Plus because I wanted to smoke some fools in uh, Demon Souls that invaded me. I've already had three invasions that I've completely, completely rebuttaled very well. And that's not the right word. Completely stomped these people that came into my world. So. Right. I'm I'm not big on the PvP, especially on those games, because they drive it's, me crazy. So you can play it completely offline. But I like seeing all the tips. I like seeing people putting like their signs of things. And the only time somebody invades you is when you're full human instead of a ghost. Right, of course. Because and most people play ghost mode through the whole game. Occasionally, like I'll come up to a boss. I've played it a couple times. It's like, all right, ready to waste the material to go ahead and turn into human form, because it's costly material to go to human form. Um, to do it and then a couple of the times that i've done that i've been invaded and very quickly with my completely overpowered magic just fucking smoke people it's like oh you're gonna block no you're not like i'm gonna blow poison on you and then i'm gonna get a little bit of distance and then hit you with a couple of fireballs and you're just completely smoked i don't care how much health you got (laughs) like that's fucking like (laughs) fireball fucking like seven thousand hit points right there like you could be a beefy motherfucker and you're gonna get smoked by my magic dude I can three-shot a boss. You're not boss level. <laughs> yeah, like it's... I've got him crazy built for that stuff. I'm, You know, I know there's people out there that are much better than me at the PvP because I don't do it all the time, but I do remember most of the tricks that people would do to fucking kill you. And I am very, very acutely aware of what those are and I'm pretty good at getting around it. And there's a lot of like... Uh, Red phantoms are what they are, right? So there's also some NPC red phantoms that invade you too sometimes that are just like extra bosses that you get extra loot from, right? And they use a lot of the same strategies that human players use, which is kind of funny. So trying to roll past you to backstab or parry you or whatever, right? So I use a non-parryable or It's not non-parryable, but it's a very hard-to-parry weapon. Um, And magic that most shields don't block, so... There's, I don't know. There's hardly any shields that block poison. So, yeah, oh, you're blowing a poison cloud at them. Yeah, basically, I'm baiting them, blowing a poison cloud. They roll into the poison cloud, <coughs> get poison, get distance, and then burst them down with flames. Yeah, you're an asshole. Um, well, they invaded me. <laughs> All they lose is whatever souls they had. Most people when they invade don't have a lot of souls on them. But then I get a fuckload of shit for killing them. So invade away. You can find me. Just Let's just keep going around. Okay. I uh, I stay very far away from those games, as you know, um, because PlayStation 5 controllers are expensive, 
And how much, uh, are, how much is a controller by itself? I think it's like somewhere near sixty bucks. That, um, would, that wouldn't surprise me. It's a very premium controller. It's I mean, a very comfy controller. I like the controller that I got. I bought one for PC. It doesn't have a lot, very long lifespan for a controller, though. No, I, I like made four or five sure. Hours. Yeah, I made sure to pick up a, a, a USB C cable for it. It doesn't take very long to charge, though. So no. I've got a USB C charger for my phone that sits next to my your chair out in the living room. Mm-hmm. Literally, I can plug it in, go eat lunch, and come back, and it's like ready to go. So, like, charge time isn't very long, but like the charge cable they give you for for your PS4 is like four feet long. Right. I'm not going to sit in front of the console and play. So, <laughs> this reminds like me of I'm like six. The the three foot long fucking controller cables of your. Yeah, uh, like, like who does that? <laughs> like, like maybe when I was like six, right, and I was playing Nintendo, like I'd sit like right next to the TV. I was, but I think even those cables were like ten feet long, weren't they? No, well, the old, uh, the the old like S or the NES cable uh, controller cables weren't very long at all. They're maybe five feet, maybe. Oh, so you really had to sit right up on the TV. I, I remember stretching. I, I remember this very clearly. I remember stretching the uh, the uh, the uh, aux cable to the television taut, putting the Nintendo in the center of the living room, and then trying to stretch the the controller cable as far as I could without pulling it out of the freaking machine just to be able to sit on the couch and play, you know, play yeah, Nintendo. And half those games, if you disconnected the controller in the middle of the game, it would you, fuck the whole game up. Yeah, you couldn't fucking, you know, it didn't, it didn't, USB was not a thing back then, so it was like, it was a serial connection. You break a serial connection, that's it. Um, so, that was, yeah, I mean, it was, <laughs> it was, it was rough back then. Um, the, uh, the same issue is with those, uh, you know, those little mini consoles, they don't have very long cables either. Uh, the, and the controllers aren't wireless and the controllers aren't wireless. So, oh, that's fucked. Yeah. So, so if you wanted to play that, that is, you've got to be real close to the television for that as well. Speaking of shit though, Jason, I know you're like half awake over here. What were you playing this week? Really, I was just trying to get through and finish Halo. Halo. Uh, oh yeah, I had I didn't pick it back up. Like, how much further have you gotten in it? I am. Last night I reached the final mission. You got about twenty hours in, or something. Roughly, I don't know if. I don't think it keeps track. I don't think it does. does so now that you've actually got some playtime under your belt, like how open world is Halo? It's fairly open world. Um, they still keep the like the map is open, but the you know it's still not a huge map. But there's more than just story missions to do. You still it have did. the forward operating bases. Is there ever more maps in the value targets, etc.? Is it just that one map, or is there additional uh, maps the you campaign, move to? Yes. Okay. 
mean, it's it's a fairly big map, and it seemed like there's a lot to do on it, but I just wasn't sure. Do you ever go, like, into interiors, or is it all open world? No, it's all open world. Any interiors you go into, uh, as far as the campaign, for the most part, um, outside of smaller structures for the... For the forward operating bases or uh, any of the forsaken operations that aren't directly tied to the campaign are generally just you know small buildings like a couple of hallways etc uh, all of the larger structures you go into as far as in the campaign are uh, separate maps that load now, now that you've had a lot of time with it and you've been zipping two people and hitting them with your gun, like, how is uh, Halo Spidey treating you? Halo Spidey is great. So it's a pretty good game. Master Chief having a grappling hook is, like, one of the best additions to the combat they could have made. Do you ever... I wasn't too sure I would like it, but it's so useful. Do you ever dual wield, or is that a Halo 2 only thing? Or I think it was a Halo 2 only thing. Seems right. It, yeah, that was only a Halo 2 thing. And that was only with pistols and SMGs, and if I remember correctly, that was only in multiplayer. Oh, okay. Oh, it's been a while. So, like, overall, since you're just about done with it, like, how would you rate this game since we're not going to get a chance to talk about it for about three weeks? Four and a half. Four and a half? Four and a half. Damn. Four and a half. It's that good, huh? It's... And it's as something... As far as the campaign... As far as the campaign storyline goes, uh, as far as I'm concerned, it's... It's a lot better than uh, than four or Guardians was. Uh, so there's a lot more nuance to it. Okay. Uh, and there's a lot of things that don't feel so forced. This story so, seems pretty fleshed out. Yes. It's three four three's best outing by far. That's good. Hmm. And this is a Game Pass thing, right? Oh yeah, it's totally on Game Pass. And yeah, it's totally on Game Pass. You can download just the campaign. You do not have to download the multiplayer. So the campaign by itself is like twenty something gigs, I think. Um. Yeah. So you can just download it all by yourself. Well, good because I don't play fucking Halo multiplayer. So I think the co-op for it doesn't come out for a few months, though, right? Yeah, it's like February or March. Damn. But yeah, you can play... They released the multiplayer first, and then the campaign came out, what, like two weeks ago? Um, right at, right around... Right after Thanksgiving, I think. It was the same week that Endwalker came out for Final Fantasy. I knew that. Yeah, and it was the same week that Icarus came out. Yep. And so, like, we all three kind of split focus that week. Uh-huh. Yep. So... <laughs> I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to finish it if you're saying it's this good, just because we don't have much left of the year before we start doing our game of the year. 
And I did start it, and I did like what I was playing. And for all intents and purposes, aside from Returnal, which I don't know that I'm going to be a... Well, let me take that back. So I was watching, to give some credit where credit's due, there's a uh, channel called Boomstick Gaming that I watch fairly often on YouTube. And Boomstick was saying Returnal was their game of the year, like bar none. But only 10% of people who played Returnal actually beat it. Only 20% of the people got to like the second to last spot. So That's because it's hard. It's a, he said it's, it's easily the hardest game he's played in a very long time. But felt very rewarded by it. And it makes me really curious. It's like, can I surmount that challenge? I don't know that I can because... It's fucking bullet hell and you have a hard time with bullet hell. Not totally. Um... I do decent with some bolo hell. It's here's the thing with Returnal, like it's just it's figuring out the strategy for the run, and I don't understand the strategy yet because I don't got enough time in it yet. Yeah, because and I don't have the I don't have the unlocks right now. I think to get enough damage or health pool for that final boss, and that's I think that's where part of my issue is. Like I barely unlocked the fucking melee weapon, which was something that's new to me, but it's like a central part of the gameplay th- through most of it. I've only got three weapon unlocks right now, so three different weapon types. I've got a shotgun, I'm basically an SMG and a pistol, and that's the only thing I got. But let me let me go back to Returnal again, because it does something really unique with the roguelike general, genre that not a lot of games do. So when it starts a new run, it shows a variation that doesn't repeat very often of a ship crash landing on a planet and then some of the memories of the pilot as they're com- she's coming down mm-hmm. and it changes a lot. And then like sometimes you can sleep and then you get different flashes of what's going on and her dialogue changes a lot like her own. It's not an inner, she's talking to herself, but her dialogue changes a lot as she's going through the sequence again of what happened. So I don't, it hasn't explained it yet, but it's like she's in a time loop of sorts. Like she continued, but it's not a total time loop because she's, you you run into corpses of yourself in your runs, and that unlocks different things sometimes. It's really bizarre. Okay, that's weird. But, like, I had just discovered something new. Like, one of the power-ups are power parasites, right? And so it's, they, like, a latch onto your arm in a very, like, H.R. Geiger kind of way. And then you have, like, benefits and... What was that? Like, you have, like good things and bad things that happen to you for it. I can't, for whatever reason, can't think of the term for that, but yeah, it's, and I got that from one of my corpses. What was that? And then one of my corpses had like some kind of like memory of what happened and kind of talks back to herself. It's, it's a really weird game. Um, like there's so much about it that I like it. It's just really fucking hard. I'll I'll say this for um, just last word on Halo. This is probably the best antagonist yeah. they've had since 2. Okay. You're giving this some really high marks. It, when it does get to the co-op campaign, I'll, that's something me and you can play. Like, you can play it on a harder difficulty Absolutely. and see if we can beat it, you know? Absolutely. That's we can play through that shit on Legendary. <laughs> yeah, Let's I'd, go. I'm totally down for it. Like, we'll re-review it again after co-op comes out, and I'll play that with you. See, 
you said something about parasite and going onto the arm, and of course, my mind does weird, random shit. Every so often, it, I I get like those cues, and I'm like, that reminds me of something, and then I go down a rabbit hole. This was a fairly short rabbit hole because I knew what to search for. Um, that reminded me of a uh, an old sci-fi show, very short-lived sci-fi show that I remember watching on the Sci-Fi Channel uh, called uh, Earth Final Conflict. That sounds familiar, but I don't remember it. And oh, I remember the uh, one of the things was there was a symbiote that would attach to uh i think it was like a police officer's arm and it would like dig right into his arm right um but it allowed him to shoot like plasma bolts off of you know off of the symbiote is this like late <clears throat> 90s early 2000s sci-fi exactly yep i was gonna say like i remember another kind of b sci-fi that i liked for some reason a lot was called space above and beyond that was like one season yep <laughs> I think it was it just, on Fox. It, 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 just the arm symbiote thing. I was like, that reminded me. You know, you said something about arm parasite. I'm like, arm symbiote. This is this is the weird shit my my brain does. Yeah, it's a weird. Like <laughs> at least hit five seasons. Seriously? It was. Yeah. Damn. Well, I guess it wasn't very short lived. Yeah, it is five seasons long. Yeah, um, so. but it was a uh, uh, it was a Roddenberry. Uh, this is development. One, one of the ones that didn't stick so hard. Right. It just, it was not one of those things that created its own franchise or anything. Oh, it was one of those that happened around the time that uh, Farscape yeah. and uh, Stargate SG-1 was really <laughs> kicking off. Oh, that uh, just... And, Back then, sci-fi just created a lot of competition for themselves with the amount of content that they had. That, uh, me bringing up the Space Above and Beyond, I didn't realize it came out that long ago, so I thought it was early 2000s, came out in 95 to 96. Yeah. It was one of the, so my love of sci-fi comes from my grandmother, who passed a few years back, um, and that was one of the shows me and her watched together. Um, along with, she's the one that got me into the old Battlestar Galactica and the new one. So it just kind of reminded me of that. Yeah. Yeah, just, as old sci-fi, just, like. I remember liking it, but again, we're talking 25 years ago, so <laughs> this probably could suck ass. I was also a teenager. Right. I'm, I'm sure that this, you know, this Earth Final Conflict is campy as fuck these days. But, um, but. Then again, I watched all of Deep Space Nine, which is about in the same era anyway. So, um, <laughs> so there's there's that. Anywho, we were I mean, talking a lot of that's still really good writing. It was, it's just the TV graphics don't hold up. Well, it's yeah. got a seventy percent Space Above and Beyond has a seventy percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes. That's not yeah. bad. A ninety-seven percent user guide or user rating. You know, nostalgia plays a good role there, I'm sure. I, yeah. Again, I don't know how good that, that actually is or not. They could be shit, because I really haven't watched it in a long time. I don't know. I loved SG-1, though. I really did. Stargate SG-1, Stargate, Stargate Atlantis. Both of those shows were pretty good, though I liked SG-1 so more than I liked Atlantis. Both of those last year. 
Huh? I actually watched back through both of those last night. Yeah. Still holds up. Tilk, man. I'm just saying. Good character. <laughs> but you know, some of that doesn't hold up. Like, go back and watch Babylon 5. Right. That no. shit's campy as hell. Right. Yeah, I never got into Babylon 5. Yeah, well, you know. I never even really got into this, the Deep Space Nine because it was, when it came out, it was more, less into story and more into space battles, and it didn't really deal with a lot of space battles. Right. You were so, very much like I was, and like, we're going from the next generation where they're basically hopping all over the place and doing shit to a fucking space station not going anywhere. It's a space station drama. Right. And... I do like drama, because, again, I like uh, Battlestar. But Battlestar was drama plus really badass dogfights. Yeah, well, because the Cylons never stop. And a really tense story. The last three seasons of Deep Space Nine turned into the Star Trek version of Battleship Galactica, as far as space battles went. There was a lot. I mean, yeah. Yeah, there was. Uh, at, at the last few... You know, the last few, yeah, there was uh, there was quite a bit of battling. Um, but, you know, you had to get that. You had to get there. Yep. So. Yeah. So. Um, so what's, uh, I know there's a there's one new class with Final Fantasy for the expansion, and then what else is new? There's two classes, two jobs, actually, for, you know, that's new. So. Talking about Endwalker, which is what released a couple weeks ago. Um, I already went over how fucking popular it is and how hard it is to get into the goddamn game. Um, that said, I was able to get into the game. And I was able to complete the entire story. Now, I won't spoil anything for those people who do want to play the game. Um, what I can tell you is, is that the two new jobs that... Uh, that were introduced. One is called Sage, which is a healer. Uh, and the other one is called Reaper, which is a melee DPS. Um, Sage has fucking laser beams on its back and heals with laser beams. It's amazing. Flying around a freaking battlefield with, you know, with basically like a jetpack style fucking mobile suit Gundam shoot, you know, shooting laser beams all over the fucking place and shield, uh, shielding people and healing. It's amazing. I loved it. I had to basically catch up 10 levels, um, because it starts at level 70. Uh, the previous level cap was level 80 and the new level cap is level 90. So I had to get two, uh, 20 levels where most people only had to do 10. Um, but I, uh, I was able to get all of the levels I needed to in the first day. I got 10 levels, got it to level 80, and then started the uh, main story quest line uh, and was able uh, to get through the main story quest line in about a week, I'd say. Um, and I wasn't going super duper fast. Um, by far the best story. Like this is the culmination of all of the story bits over the past eight years. So 
they've been kind of interweaving different levels of different story, you know, of the of the story over the course of eight years, and this was the point where all those lines met. Uh, so Endwalker is the end of the eight-year saga. So that means they're stopping after this. They're not stopping after this. <laughs> in they're fact, like at six months, they're like, and we're done. And in fact, in the you know in the MSQ portion of this, and I'm not going to say who says this, but there's going to be uh, there's points where it feels like a finality. It feels like you beat uh, you've beaten a game. Like this is the first time I've ever played an MMO, and I got to the credits and been like. This feels like I just beat the game. This feels like the end of a game. But there, there is a portion of the main story quest that basically says that this isn't the end. There's all of these different regions that you haven't you know, uh, been to. All of these different races that you've only heard about but never seen. There's a whole nother side to the planet. There's, you know, there's multiple different reflections of uh, of the main planet because the planet was sundered into uh, multiple uh, 13 different reflections, I think it was. <clears throat> so, uh, so you would, uh, so there's multiple different reflections that are still out there that you haven't visited yet. Um, some of the story from the first reflection uh, is still kind of up in the air and not quite resolved yet. Uh, so there's extra parts to this game that you just haven't fully, uh, hasn't been fully fleshed out. And, uh, the game director said, this game has 10 more years of story. At least 10 more years worth of story. So this isn't the end of, the game this is the end of the first saga of the game um that means that there'll be whole new enemies whole new antagonists whole new like uh, a whole new crisis um the events that led up to the end of endwalker um adds an additional uh chink in the armor cuz there's some shit that goes down that basically changes how your character is viewed um you know and how your how, how your character might be able to interact with uh certain forces i'll just i'll, I'll leave it at that because going farther would spoil any uh, any story so it's you know, it's a really, it's a really fun time. The, the story is excellent. Absolutely excellent. Has lots of payoff for people who have gone through the entire story, you know, and that is, it felt really good. The music is great. The, the level design is great. The story flows really well. There wasn't really any like slowdowns or anything like that. It was, uh, it felt like you went from one fuck to another fuck. You know, you just needed to go. Um, a lot of shit was happening all at once, and you just kind of like, you can only be in one place at a time, you know? So, um, <clears throat> then there was, you know, 
what we all thought was going to be the final boss ended up being the very first boss. <laughs> so it was kind of like, oh, okay. So what's the final boss going to be like if the final boss that we thought it was going to was going to be is the first one that you face. So it was kind of like uh flipping the expectations. It was uh, it was a a really good move by the uh, storytellers. Um cuz we were all expecting something completely different. Um so that was uh that was fun. Um I played through the MSQ uh, as Sage. So the uh the new healer does play really well. Um it's fast becoming my favorite healer because it is uh very active. A lot of you know, a lot of shit that you can do, uh, and a lot of nuance to it. So you can kind of really get into uh the tactics of individual battles and uh and be able to uh shield people at the right time and you know reduce the damage that everybody takes and you know move around the battlefield very quickly with the you know with the uh, jetpack you know ability called Icarus um <laughs> uh and it's just it's very mobile very active it heals through doing damage which is really uh is a really unique thing uh you know, in this game, um, which is it just keeps you more engaged in each fight, which is just fun. Um, Reaper, I haven't touched Reaper. It looks like a fucking edgelord, though, because it's big fucking scythe and you get possessed by a fucking like demon and you go fucking like demon mode with the scythe and you start fucking like reaping souls and shit. It's, it's pretty fucking, you know, it's pretty edgelord. Uh, and of course everybody makes it look very edgelord. Yeah. But then with there being new classes, does that mean that everybody ends up playing that class? Well, that's what happens at the, you know, that's what happened in the first week. Normally there's, um, the, the server population is, um, mostly DPS, uh, more tanks than healers healers are generally the uh the you know the odd men out because not very many people like healing right so the in the queues it was almost always looking for healers the very first week it was a tank show it was like we need tanks we need tanks so bad because everybody's playing a fucking healer and everybody else is playing a fucking reaper. And it was like every time you got into a group, it was a sage healer and two reapers. <laughs> it was like, please play your tank so that we sages and reapers can level up our class, uh, our jobs. Um, since then, it's kind of le uh, leveled out like it's two weeks in, right? Um, it's leveled out quite a bit. People are playing other jobs or going back to the jobs that they liked. They were, you know, the, the ooh shiny is, is wearing off a bit. Uh, and a lot of the people who didn't like healing before won't like healing with Sage because it's even more complicated than the other three healers. So they fell off of it fairly quickly. Um, the good Sages and the people that have you know, that have spent time trying to learn that are still 
you know, doing really well. And that's the only character that, or only job that I've got up to uh, level 90 right now. Um, it's a very fun time. Very, uh, very, very fun time. Um, right now I'm working on all of my crafting and gathering classes because the first raid tier which I'm not going to participate in. I don't. I don't raid in this game. This that's one of the things that I set out when I very first started playing Final Fantasy. I said I'm not going to do hardcore raiding. I will not do hardcore raiding. I'll do casual raiding where people are like, you know, let's go have some fun, you know. But I will not be, you know, set to a schedule. I have to be there Thursday night at 8, 8 p.m. and be okay, you know, be have my schedule cleared for four hours to play this game. I will not do that ever again. That's because I got the same burnout that you did from WoW. Um, that really limits the amount of, like, top-end gear. But honestly, you don't need that top-end gear to play the game comfortably. You know, I'm playing the game perfectly comfortably right now with you know, stuff that I can get casually, which is perfectly fine with me. Uh, so <clears throat> yeah, so I'm, I'm the new raid tier that comes out next week will be, uh, will add additional crafting, uh, uh, recipes that I can, uh, I can use to make a fuckload of money in that game. So I'm going, I'm spending a lot of my time uh, crafting and gathering just so that I can take advantage of those people who do raid for four hours every fucking, you know, every other, you know, weekday or whatever. Because um, they're going to need shit that they can't farm themselves because they're raiding all the time. So I will be the supplier for that. Um, and that is where I get my fun out of it. That's That's my fun. Like, I can be, I can do that and find a fulfilling, you know, playtime uh, you know, my playtime is fulfilled. Um, so it's, you, you make that game is what you make of it. I mean, once you get through the story, it's basically, you know, the world is your oyster. Go, go find what you like to do. Um, so I spent a lot of time playing Final Fantasy. I think, uh, the, the check-in on my slash playtime, was it a couple, you know, a couple months ago before all this was like, what, 90 days or some shit, like 91 days. Um, my slash playtime as of last night was like 123 days or something very close to that. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I log out. I spent a lot of time just like, you know, not doing stuff actively, like it's mostly passive. Um, so I'll go, you know, farm some nodes or whatnot, chat, you know, just, it's just an interactive chat for most of the, you know, most of the time. Right. So it's, uh, it's fun. I spent a lot of time on it. Um, it's kind of been a lifesaver over the past few weeks. Uh, to be honest, uh, it's given me some, you know, something to focus on, uh, when I absolutely needed a focus item. Um, but it wasn't the only game I played over the last five weeks. 
So, <laughs> what else have you played? The other games that I played um, was one that I had actually said that I was going to play. Uh, Eternal Cylinder. Um, I picked that game up, uh, and that game was, uh, you know, I, I completed it. It was uh, billed as a, like a, a survival game, um, and like an action survival game. Uh, it's kind of weird. Uh, the, the best description that I could give is it's kind of like, in a weird way, it's kind of like Pikmin, and it's also kind of like Spore. So you... You're not <clears> selling <throat> me. <laughs> so you start off as one of uh, you know these little creatures, right? These creatures are absolutely defenseless. Absolutely defenseless. Their only thing that, you know, that uh, that's... Uh, that's their uh, defining trait is that they can mutate rapidly. Uh, and by combining certain uh, you know, certain things that you can find in the world, you can mutate different abilities. So one of the very first things that you can get is a, they kind of have like this, uh, like a elephant trunk for a mouth. Um, and one of the things that you can mutate right away is a horn style trunk that scares away predators. Uh, and the predators are basically, they're out, out to eat you, obviously. And where it becomes a lot like Pikmin is that as you go along, you will find eggs of these, you know, of the same type of creature that you are hatch those eggs or release the, you know, uh, uh, <clears throat> more of your, uh, uh, of your species that have been trapped, uh, and they will follow you around. So you end up like having four or five, six of these creatures all with different mutations, uh, and you swap through them as you need certain mutations. Like one of them will be a square body. The other one will have like an inflatable body. The other one will have like a, um, a trunk that squirts water very far, you know, things like that, you know, <coughs> excuse me. Um, and you use all these different mutations to solve puzzles in the world. Uh, and each little area that you go to, is behind a kind of like an artificial wall. So this the the game's name is Eternal Cylinder, right? The whole premise is you have to escape this cylinder that continually rolls behind you and kind of just rolls over the landscape and destroys everything. Um but it'll roll right up to these uh pylons that will stop it for a period of time. And that will allow you to explore the area just beyond that pylon. But those pylons will put like a, uh, like a field, like a, an energy field around that area. Uh, and as soon as you break that energy field, that will shatter those pylons and the cylinder will start rolling again. So there's points in time where the cylinder is not rolling and you can explore easily. 
And then once you break the field, it's like a mad dash to the next pylons. Uh, and you have to go really fast and you have to like plan out, you know, it's very rudimentary maps. So you can, you have to plan out your, uh, uh, how you're going to get from point A to point B as quickly as possible. Um, and then once you get to the, uh, the pylons, some of the pylons are damaged and will only slow the, uh, the, the, the cylinder down. So hit the freaking pylon and then the pylon will start to shatter and it'll slow the cylinder down and the cylinder will then put out like an electric field around it. And you have to stay between the cylinder and the edge of the electric field as it goes to the next pylon. It's, it's interesting little, uh, uh gameplay things. What I noticed though, is I thought that it was going to be more open world. It's very linear. Um, each area has a, you know, a set, you know, focus. Like there's shrines that you go to. Uh, there's certain creatures, certain plants uh, that you can mutate off of and stuff like that. And you know, there's, uh, you need to have certain mutations to solve certain puzzles. Uh, and then once you get through that, then you break through the field and go to the next pylon. And it's linear in that way. So I was kind of disappointed that it wasn't like wholly open world, but it still was a fun experience. Um, wasn't the greatest game in the world, but it, uh, it definitely kept my attention for probably about 20-ish, 25 hours-ish. Um, and of course, I mean, I played it through to completion, so I mean, I didn't bounce off of it, so that's fun. <clears throat> so you played just that game until you finished it. Yeah, I played that game, you know, pretty religiously until I finished it. Uh, and then um, this was, I finished that a couple days before uh, Endwalker came out. And then I said, you know what? Screw it. Fuck it. I'm going to go ahead and try this. And I picked up Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, I... I was surprised. I was I was not expecting that game to be that good. Which game again? Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh yeah, did you finish that? I uh, I've yeah. <clears throat> I I think I have maybe an hour left in that game. <laughs> I need to finish it because I'm like right at the end, you know, right at the end of that game. Um, I think I at least I think that's where I'm at. Uh, but that game definitely uh surprised me i didn't expect it to be that good uh i thought i was going to bounce off of the uh the character design because it's not the movies it's not the movie characters um but the the character themselves like how those characters play their um their nuances uh translates really well into this game to the point where you completely forget that, uh, you know, that it's not the same voice actors or actor faces, you know, as the movies. Uh, of course, it plays a little bit more to uh, closer towards um, the comic book version of Guardians of the Galaxy than the movie version, which is fine with me. Uh, but it does, if, if your only um, exposure to Guardians of the Galaxy is the movies, it might 
uh, you might have you scratching your head for uh, for a minute. Um, I was very happy with their depiction of Cosmo. Um, that was amazing. Absolutely freaking fantastic. It was one of the things that I, uh, uh, I was disappointed with, you know, in the movies is that they only just basically cameoed Cosmo (coughs) and Cosmo is the Cosmo, uh, Russian cosmonaut dog. That they oh uh, okay I rem- I know what you're talking about now yeah and uh, he you know he gains psychic abilities um you know because of his his time and space well I was gonna say with Guardians of the Galaxy it was already Rocket was already in a fairly outlandish character I think adding Cosmo into the regular movie would have been hard well I guess uh, they do show a lot more or they go into um rocket's uh backstory a bit more in the game uh which does give rocket a bit more context than the movies do um so there is that uh you know if uh if you're not familiar with the comics um but yeah music is great um the uh the the huddle up ability which is kind of like a, um, kind of like a limit break, uh, for Final Fantasy, um, you know, is basically allows you to gather all the guardians together during a fight and be able to kind of psych them up a little bit, and then as soon as that, uh, as soon as that goes, instead of having the normal, um, Marvel cinematic background music that you know normally plays during a fight it'll play one of the songs from the mixtape during the fight. Oh, that's cool. So, I mean, you know, listening to stuff that would be on, you know, Peter Quill's mixtape during a fight is kind of, kind of cool. (laughs) I don't know why it just, it makes me happy to, you know, to, uh, uh, to, you know, play, you know, have that music playing during a, a big fucking battle. Um, and then it going right back to, uh, I mean, the score for Guardians of the Galaxy is very Marvel Cinematic score. Like, it's it sounds like the movie score, which is really cool. Um, so it adds an extra element of cinematic, you know, like cinematic quality to uh, to the game. So there's how yeah. much how much gameplay do you think's in that game? Um. About 25 to 30 hours, depending on how fast you go through shit. Um, That's not bad. I actually, I have it on my two playlist, but I'm actually waiting to see if uh, I can beat some PS4 5 games. Yeah. Because John has the disc version, and I figured I could just borrow it. Like, Matt was remarking, like, he's like, hey, you got the disc version. I was like, yeah, the, the whole reason, besides the exclusives that I want to get a console is so I can borrow games. Right. You know. Yeah, share the love. Like me and when I finished Demon Souls, me and John were gonna trade. Uh, John from picking up the pixels. Uh, we're gonna trade Demon Souls for Guardians. Yeah, so that I could play that and he could play Demon Souls until he beats it. I can. Uh, it, it's it's a good 20, 20 to twenty five hours, maybe thirty, depending. 
Um, I wasn't playing it on the you know maximum difficulty so, or anything. I was just uh, and I was going through and ex- exploring all the extra story bits because that's I, I like the Guardians universe. Um, but yeah, there's there, there's points in there that's uh, that are you know that are funny. Like there's I, I laughed. I mean. I was having a hard time laughing at that particular point and I needed some levity and that was, that was, it did, it did the job. Um, kind of the same, you know, kind of the same stupid humor that you get from the movie. Um, what, what would you say if you had to rate eternal cylinder, what would you give it since you beat it? Um, out of five, I would say that it's a, it's, it's a solid 2.5, maybe three. It's well, not two point five. It's is bad. It's it's kind of middle of the middle of the road. You have to. It's there's. It's not. It's not great. I was gonna say I gave Aliens Fireteam a three. It's just it's a one playthrough game. Okay, well I would say that it's a three then because it's. I mean two. I see two point five is like a failing grade in high school. I guess fifty percent. Um. <laughs> yeah for for a game score that's like yeah one of the worst games that came out this year i don't know that it was that bad but it's it? not that bad no i i would say that it's about a three um the 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 thing about eternal cylinder is that it's it does have some frustration moments in it uh and that's basically because of the game design and it wasn't necessarily what i expected um, not that it's bad because it's different. It's just not what I expected. Uh, Guardians, though, 4.5. There's, there's a couple janky moments in Guardians that's... Um, that. So this is more of like a must-play game for 2021? I, I would say if you are a fan of any of the Marvel movies, you will get a kick out of this game. Um, because it's not hard to play. Um, it looks intimidating, but it's really not that hard to play. Um, but you know, and once you get into the, uh, uh, into the story, the story is where, you know, where it really shines. The combat is just extra. So it's, you know, and the combat's not bad. (laughs) So you know, definitely give it a try. I mean, it's, it's was a surprise. I was not expecting it to be that good. Um, and Walker, if you're an MMO fan and you've played final fantasy, that's a five play the fucking game. (laughs) Why are you not, you, you need to be in queue right now. If you want to play that game, (laughs) it's yeah. It is, it is very, very, very good. Very, very, very good. But yeah, <clears throat> that's pretty much, uh, that's pretty much all I can get my hands on, uh, could get my hands on over the last, uh, you know, a few weeks. All right. Well, Jason, do we need to take a break? All right. We'll be back. All right. We'll be back.
and we're back. Woohoo! Woo! Woohoo! Woo! This may not be nearly <laughs> as long as the first section. Probably uh, not. A couple of those are fading fast. In fact, I had to re recaffeinate. Um, because I'm not used to staying up as late anymore. But I do have one thing I forgot to talk about. Um, in the first section that I remembered when I was walking to go get more caffeine. And it's the PC game that I've been playing a shitload of. Oh, yeah? So, I want to say it was 2011 Project Zomboid came out. Okay. And, and it is still unfinished. It is a very small dev team. When it started, the game didn't have a lot of systems and it was just survive. And he played it on isometric view of a little dude. And then it would always start with, this is a story of how you died. Right, so it's a survival game based in the zombie universe with some systems. When it first started, there weren't a lot of systems to the survival. It was like get food, scavenge for food, learn how to fight a little bit, um, and there were a couple of events that would happen, and then you know you just survive until you got overwhelmed. Um, fast forward like seven, eight years, um, they've now got a multiplayer beta out, and that is extremely stable, and they have. Probably about 200 different systems going on behind the scenes with this game. So that all makes sense. They're, like the survival bones on this game are very strong. So they've also improved graphics a lot. They've improved lighting. It's still They're still using a pixel graphic approach to what they're doing. Um, but there's just been a lot that's changed. So now there's like different events that happen that make you force. You have to have to alter your tactics to survival. So I won't necessarily say what it happens, but basically you'll get a warning on a radio that something's about to happen and it draws a lot of zombies to your location and overruns it. So you have to relocate. A blood moon rises. No, it's something a lot more, a lot more, uh, realistic than that. But it's an event where things happen and, uh, it draws zombies to your location. So, like, big differences now between where it was before and where it is right now, because I'm actually having a lot of fun with it. Before, it was just kind of a really generic game. Um, is that just there's... I'll just give you an example of, like, a typical day when you start off, right? So you start off the game. You're just a random survivor. The power's still on. The water's still on. Um, there's a couple of wandering Zeds that are out there that are, you know, like, milling about. But there's like, you run across houses that have been boarded up, and the people inside died. And if they see you, like, they start kind of flipping out and freaking out and banging on the walls and stuff like that. And you can only see where your character's facing in, like, a 45-degree cone. Mm. So then when you look in the windows, they'll see you, you see them, and then you see, like, there's a couple of dead people on the floor, and then there's a handful of zombies that are still locked inside. I could try to break into that house, but I don't have any of the tools to do it. Right, I might have started off with a butter knife for my weapon, um, and I haven't found a crowbar to pry the boards off the windows. I'm sorry, but I could find fucking le- a weapon, a better weapon than a butter knife in your uh, in in your place in like less than a second. Well, and so it depends on what's in the houses. Like, if I find a baseball bat, like that's actually a pretty decent weapon. Um, but more like a crowbar is a really decent weapon, right? Or a mm. pipe or something like that, right? Mm. But sometimes you kind of make do with what you find. And But I won't be able to break into that house because it has boards over the windows and I can't break down the boards. 
So then I go like start trying windows around to see what I can grab out of other people's houses. And I open a window and then a house alarm goes off. And then it starts drawing the undead to that house because I open the window. Whoops. Uh, if I so sometimes that happens, sometimes it doesn't when I break a window. If I break the window and I don't clear the glass in the window before I go through, I cut up my hands and I start to bleed out. So, like, you have to clean the glass out of the window before you pop your way through, right? And it's always, like, a strategic thing every time I go. One zombie, when you're, like, early on, is actually kind of challenging until you kind of get used to the mechanic. So, like, there is a mechanic that you can knock them over. If you have a really weak character, though, like, that's kind of hard. So, you can do a random roll of a character, or you can do, like, a predefined find job with negatives that you have to add to them, right? One of those negatives might be a weak person, which means you can't even push the zombie over to knock them on the ground. If you can get them on the ground, you can stomp their face and kill them that way, which is a very viable tactic, but it only really works against one, maybe two. You can push one over, you can stand on its chest and it can't get up, and then you can push the other one over, and then you stomp the face of the one, and then walk over and stomp the face of the other one. So... Like, two zombies early on in the game is really fucking hard. Um, when you start to get... Depending on what kind of clothes you got is the type of armor or damage reduction you basically have. And so, if some, if you're wearing a short sleeve shirt and you get scratched, you have a chance of infection. If you get bit because you aren't being careful, that's a 100% chance of infection and you will eventually die. Now, I can go back to that world with a new character at that stage of the game and survive again. Um, but the game world will have advanced. The game will advance where the power turns off. And so I no longer have access to like an electric stove or a refrigerator or a freezer like I do early on in the game. Then I got to go find fuel and a generator. But I also, I can't use a generator until I know how to use a generator, which means you find these skill books to learn <laughs> how to use the generator. Um, you find these skill books to learn how to do stuff. And like, there's not usually, like, you could find a lumber store and then take lumber with you. But more often than not, if I'm just in a little bitty town, like, that's not the central focal point. So I need to go find a bunch of chairs and tables and beds, and I need to take them apart. But I can't take them apart unless I have a saw. So if I have a saw, I can take them apart and get scrap lumber and nails and stuff like that. So, like, it makes you, there's a lot of little systems in there that at, at play. Like, I can't. I can't just be a five-star gourmet chef. I have to learn recipes. Now, the way I learn recipes early on in the game is I watch a TV channel that's an educational channel, that's a cooking channel, that comes on at six in the morning. And if I watch that, I will learn a random recipe from the sh from the show on the TV. If I find cookbooks, basically, at a, a beginner-level cookbooks, I'll start to learn stuff. Or I could start off as a burger flipper, and I've got a few basic recipes, and as I cook, I start to level up cooking. And if I read some books, I'll learn some more recipes. Um, if I'm going to open up a can of food, like I need to have a can opener on me in order to open that can of food. A character has a very low weight limit on their stuff. So I need to find a bag to put shit in so that I can carry more shit. And so it's like a very intricate inventory management game plus survival crafting type stuff. Like I can start crafting walls and stuff like that, but not with a real low carpenting carpentry skill. So you have to learn all these little bitty skills. So like the game is really less about killing zombies and a whole lot about like scavenging shit and then making things happen. Because like once the water turns off, I need to get garbage bags 
and trash cans or craft crates and line them with garbage bags and gain rainwater. And then I need to cut trees to boil that water so that I don't get sick. So, like, there's a whole, like, thing with it at that point, too. It's like me and TJ started playing this. And uh, there's a guy, been, he comes up on the show. He's been coming up since I played Minecraft with him way back in Alpha. Um, but, yeah, he's like, hey, so this game's actually good now. you got to give it a shot. I've got my little server set up. You need to come join my server. And the server is an official server, so it only turns on when either me or him are logged into it or his son. So it doesn't just continually pass days. Right. So one of us has to be logged in and playing for something to happen. And if I log off, my character doesn't just get eaten randomly. So I just spawn back in the world when I come back. But, like, there's a whole driving system and mechanic system, like, not down to, like, the struts and, like, an alternate, well, the alternator's in there. But, like, <laughs> you're not, like, replacing a drivetrain, but, like, you have, like, you have to read a mechanics book and then you have, like, I need to fix my radiator, I need to fix this, I need to fix that. And it goes into, the like, that super hardcore minutia of stuff. If you like really detailed systems, this is really good. If this sounds like a lot right now, don't fucking touch it because it's going to drive you nuts. But I like the little attention to detail that they got with everything. So, like, if you don't cover your windows, zombies can see in. So you need to go find sheets and hang them up like curtains and cover the windows so that nothing can see in. So that's like your one of my first goals every time I go out in the world when I start a character is I need to go find sheets and find me a two-story house. And then I'm going to craft a sheet rope to get out of the second-story window if the house gets overrun so I have an escape route. Um, and then if I can find a sledgehammer, I'm going to destroy the stairs and put a rope that goes up because zombies can't grab... They can't climb ropes, but they can pull them down. So you could jump out of a second-story window, but you run a risk of breaking your leg. Of course. And then dying. But I do like... The, so, like, the first aid system, right? So, I've got to rip up shirts, and if I wrap, rip up the shirt, I can use that as a bandage, but it's a dirty bandage, so, like, the chance of infection is higher when I'm using a dirty bandage. So, if I find a sink, I can wash it. If I find a stove, I can sterilize the shirt and turn it into a sterilized bandage, and then that's what I'm using to, like, stop the bleeding on my character. You've got, like, uh, beta blockers for when you get freaked out. You've got antidepressants if your character is getting depressed. So it's kind of got like the Sims level, like psychological states that are going on with your character at the same time. Mm -hmm. That depending on your character traits that like you, you might see a three zombies and you, it like does the horror noise for shock. Like the, dun, uh -huh. like, you know, and you see a little like face that pops up that says your character's scared. And then he has shitty aim or she has shitty aim. Doesn't do nearly as much damage. Um, might freak out, um, and, like, I haven't lost control or done anything like that, but, like, I've certainly had my character, like, trip over almost nothing and fall on their face and then get eaten to death uh, because he was too freaked out, freaked out, got really, well, I had the clumsy trait anyway to offset one of the other modifiers I had, which, to my detriment, I tripped over something in the grass and then got eaten by three zombies. So, <clears throat> um, you die a fair, lot, a fair amount getting started as you try to figure out the system because you could break a window and you didn't know that there were like nine zombies just hanging off to the side that you didn't turn your character to look that way and then they heard you break the glass and so they start mull you know mulling around but they are very stupid so that's that's the really good thing so like you can literally walk around the edges of a house and onto the other side and they'll get hung up on looking through the windows or they'll see you through the window and start beating on the window to go through the house to get to you 
which gives you plenty of time to break line of sight through a couple of houses in the neighborhood and they lose interest after a little bit. They got high ADB. Like if you can break <laughs> line of sight for about five seconds, you're like, oh, fuck it. Uh, well, um, there's okay. obvious. Yeah. Um, like another like really good best friend is a like a waist high fence. So they'll run up to the fence and then trip over the fence and fall on their face. And it takes them a minute to get back up. So if they you have a crowd, you can kind of like hop back and forth over a fence, letting them like <laughs> fall over the fence <laughs> so that you can gain a little bit of speed over them. Um, or you can get them in a spot where their head's on the ground so you can stomp them in their face. Mm-hmm. But if you got like six or seven, like that's not a good strategy. But it is a great strategy if you have a club and you get on the other side of the fence and just start beating faces as they get close to you. So Being guns are horrible. Stomping is always a good strategy. Yeah, the uh, the uh, guns are really fucking loud. So they're really not useful unless you have a shitload of ammunition and you're getting ready to clear out an area. And also, if your character has no gun skill, you won't hit fucking shit. Um, so, like, the recommended strategy is start off with shotguns because you've got a much higher chance to hit and it'll level up your gun skill faster because you're actually hitting and doing damage to things. So if you have no gun skill, they recommend that you find a shotgun, a lot of shotgun shells, and that just makes sense in an apocalypse. And then that's what you use until you got a couple of pips in your gun skill before you start using a pistol or something like that. Because they, the way the game works is you'll fucking miss over and over again and waste ammo. And you're creating a fuckload of noise. But a gun will give you a silencer, where a shotgun you don't get a silencer. So yeah, that's the benefit of leveling up to that, because you could use the gun quite frequently, whereas a shotgun, no. But you literally can go out in the woods and forge shit and, like, literally build a house on your own if you have a high carpentry skill. Um, which is crazy. But, like, that's how many different systems it has. Like, I was searching shit for TJ because he wanted to weld plates on the outside of this house. Um, well, it's not a house. It's like a warehouse, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, I'm out of welding rods. Can you go see if you can find welding rods when you go scavenge? you got to find welding rods. You have to have a welding skill to weld the plates because he's a, his character's like a I forget what the character the archetype I think he started off with was engineer, but I think gave him a one in welding. So like I was literally going out looking for welding rods for him so he could start welding plates. So you need the welding rods in order to weld. <laughs> you need the what is it acetylene that you use for a torch. I think so, yeah. Something like that. Like, you need that chemical to use the blowtorch, right? Like, if you can think of, like, a real-world system, it's got it about 90% of the way there of what you would need, which is crazy. It's not not to the point where, like, you have different lengths of nails. Like, nails are nails, screws are screws. But, like, I can't take apart a radio unless I have a screwdriver and I have an electronic skill, right? Okay. So, like, it's just... It makes sense. It's like boil things down that would have like 80 different components to at least like two or three. Yeah. But just like the, the systems are really fucking solid and there's so many of the games built around those systems. The the zombies are a mechanic of this game, right? Like, don't get me wrong. Like don't like zombies. That's probably not your thing, but for survival Sims, this does it better than literally anything I've ever thought of. Like by a fucking long country mile. Why does it have to be zombies? 
Hey, it came out the same time seven days that I did. I know, but still, why does it have to be zombies? But Project Zomboid is very fucking interesting. It is really hard, too. But it's really rewarding. Like, there are some videos of people, like, surviving, like, multiple years in that game. Of people that have gotten really good at it. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, playing a single player is really rewarding. Playing at multiplayer is really rewarding. It is a very grindy game. And it does have a pause if you're not playing multiplayer. So it literally saves at the second that you hit quit to desktop. So it's not a, it is something you could play for a little bit and stop, but you're not going to make a lot of progress if you delay it for just a little bit because it is very grindy. But, you know, yeah. you get cement mix. You need to find the water for the cement mix. You need to find the, what is it, the trowel, right, in order to lay the cement, right? You need to have the skill to do cement because normal people don't know how to just lay cement. I guess. Right. I'm but pretty it, sure I can figure it out, but... but well, you might read a book or watch a YouTube video, and that's basically what your character has to do. They have to find a source, a reference. So, like, my burger flipper is really good at knives. It has a basic cooking skill. Um, and then he had, but he had a, I think his negative trait was he was obese. Um, so he ran slower. Okay. Which is not necessarily the best thing in a game where you need to get out of the way. But it's, it's there's a handful of runners, the newly infected are runners. Most of the infected are walkers, so as long as you can walk at a normal rate, like you can outrun stuff. But your character will fucking overheat if you're wearing too much armor. So then you got to take off clothes. Jeez. Okay. You walk through the woods, you get your clothes get ripped up from walking through the woods for too long. So you have to change clothes. Like it's just all those little like. <coughs> if you're interested, watch a couple of like Twitch plays of like somebody's first few days. You get an idea of what so it's what like. What I'm hearing is get good at. Surviving naked. No, because the instant no. you get scratched, you're going to get fucking... you got a 5% chance to get infected from a scratch, and you're going to get scratched if you have, like, naked arms or neck or whatever. Like, Jeez. my character wears a lumberjack shirt right now. The current character I'm playing has a lumberjack shirt, some jeans on, and a welder's mask to protect my face, and then I got biker's gloves. So I've got full protection, but he was getting hot, so I pulled off the T-shirt that I had underneath to make sure that I wasn't too hot. And then occasionally he runs around shirtless to like not use up too much of his water. So it's a balancing act, a little bit of a balancing act going there. Take, and I, I take carry, the clothes off when you're, when you're safe ish. Yeah. And I carry a, a can opener with me everywhere. If I get too hungry and I'm raiding a place and I see canned beans or whatever, right? Like I'll go and eat a cold bowl, bowl of beans and, you know, top myself off. But there's so many different recipes. Like, the cooking recipes alone, there's probably, like, 50 of them. Jeez. Right? And it's even, like, BLT. Like, I need bacon, lettuce, tomato. I need to cook the bacon. And then I assemble the cooked bacon into the lettuce, tomato, and the bread. And depending on the bread, I need to get slices of bread. Like, it's... <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, the systems are are crazy. No wonder it's been, like, in, in development for, like, fucking eight years. It's, like, less than ten people on the team. <laughs> But, like, they've thought of all those things. You can tell these are people that are really into the whole survival idea. Um, but why it, did it have to be zombies? Hey, because there's some of us that still like it, if it's good. I've said this many times. There's, like, for every hundred zombie games out there, there's two that are decent. <sighs> exactly. <I'm>... So, <laughs> with that being said, um, there's oh. not a lot of news out there. Bro, why? 
<laughs> I wanted to see what you guys had before I jumped into like the couple of things that I had. Mm. Um. Mm. Um. There's not much. You guys have already gone over like the game awards and everything, right? So yeah, it takes two. Yeah, that's where our salt came from last week. Gotcha. Okay, so the um the the only really big things that I've seen so far was the uh, uh Final Fantasy VII remake uh being available on PC now on the Epic Store on the Epic Store uh for 70 bucks which is you know caused some issues uh with uh with gamers so a it's on the Epic Store b it's 70 dollars um granted it is include it, it is in the Final Fantasy 7 Integrade which is the first DLC included um but it's a PC port so, being a PC port, there's some issues with the PC port. And, uh, and the initial uh, initial reports is that it doesn't have quite as many uh, PC-centric graphics options. Uh, and that it kind of chugs on certain systems. Uh, which is kind of disappointing. Um, with those types of things, though, I can see them possibly make you know patching it it was kind of like the you know it coming to pc was kind of a surprise like that was a game awards surprise right yeah it was so i wasn't necessarily expecting it to come to pc right away um and the fact that it was kind of like hey this is a thing now uh and you can you, you can buy it next week that was unexpected uh, as such, those options may be patched in. We don't know. Um, there really isn't all that much going, you know, much information there, but it is kind of disappointing that it's not a smooth port. Um, I was looking at it as possible, you know, as a possible uh, break from Final Fantasy XIV, uh, just to be able to play something different. I've been wanting to play it, uh, but I haven't. I, I wouldn't play it on PS4 because of the same issues you know Justin had with the uh, the graphics pop in, uh, and I wanted to pay it, uh, play it on PS5, but I can't get my goddamn hands on one. So um, <clears throat> I don't know. I might give it a little bit more time. I'm kind of enthused with Final Fantasy 14 right now, so uh, that is. Uh, I'll give it some time to a come down in price and b uh, fix its shit. But be warned if you're looking for it on the Epic Store, it might not be might not be the uh, uh, the the smooth game you're looking for. Give it some time though. Um, so there's a rumor going around. So Peter Molyneux at some point was a pretty prolific game creator and I think Fable was like his golden ticket because I don't know that he's made anything else of note that's been worth a damn and the further he goes out the I feel like the worse his ideas become <laughs> um, when I was younger I used to think that he was a pretty influential and prolific game developer and now I just think he's a crazy person mm -hmm. um, just being super honest right like 
he's a legacy developer at this point when you think he's got a career spanning almost three decades. But so the newest thing or the newest rumor is that he's creating a game called Legacy and it's a business sim where you work in a factory and purchase land with real money and then you create NFTs. Oh, Jesus Christ. Please. Please. Keep your crypto out of my games, please. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. Dude. So he's, he's, that's, that's the idea. Um, has not been met with wildly receptive criticism so far, but that is a potential thing. And speaking of NFTs, um, there is something that, Stalker, the creators of Stalker had thought about doing this for, <laughs> it's not quite the same, but essentially they were auctioning office space at a pretty high amount of money mm-hmm. for your face to be scanned and put into the game. They put up the tweet for an hour and got a shitload of backlash and then pulled it right back down. Because there's a lot of people that don't want this shit encroaching into the video game industry. Please keep your NFTs out of the fucking, out of the gaming space. Seriously. I think it's a kind of a weird and potentially stupid idea to begin with of digital products being sold as art that with a token. Yeah, a unique identifier, right? Um, you know, I'm going to look back on this episode in three or four years and that's the whole new rage and it's still stuck, but I'm hoping it doesn't stick. Well, so if you look back, uh, look at the last few years, I would say the last five years, you know, since crypto became a thing, right? Crypto, you know, really kind of started as a currency backed by nothing, right? And then it was a currency backed by its own users. And then it just kind of blew up from there, right? Uh, the uh, NFTs, to me, is just like, we're going to try to assign an arbitrary monetary value to a bit of code. And that arbitrary monetary value can be whatever you want it to be, right? Uh, and, I'm, and I know I'm probably either oversimplifying or not fully getting what uh, NFTs really, you know, what the draw is for it. But essentially it's just artificially manufacturing a value to a valueless item. Um, And that is, it kind of drives me crazy that it's a thing Um, because now there are certain things that you have to look out for in, you know, in digital life that could cause real legal issues. Well, it just, it's irritating because, of, so one of the most popular person, people that does this uh, guy or company called Beeple that does NFTs, right? And a lot of his stuff is like Unreal Engine assets that he creates art around for 3D rendered things that turn into a 2D image. Right. That he sells for thousands of dollars and he does it every single day, which is crazy. Creating, yeah, creating the stuff. The thing is, uh, one of the, the 
examples that was given to me, uh, you know, on Discord, because uh, I was like, fuck is an NFT? Like, and asking somebody on Discord is not the greatest source of information. I get that. Um, but it was basically like, okay, take a look at this GIF. I'm like, okay, it's a GIF. Great. And then now take a look at this GIF. It's the same GIF. Yeah. Okay. But the difference is, is this GIF is NFT. Right. It has, it has a token that makes it unique. Right. And since it's unique, now you can sell it as the, but you could copy them. The thing is, is that if you distribute an NFT, the digital version of an NFT that, and you are not the token holder of that NFT, you are essentially stealing that code and that person then can have, you know, a legal recourse. You're stealing their data. And that, that drives me up the fucking wall. Um, with, with normal art that people sell, right? Like it's harder for people to copy and distribute stuff. Physical goods goods. is different. Uh, physical goods is different. There are recreations of a physical good, like prints of a, uh, of a painting, for instance. Uh, those are recreations of, you know, of art. And you might see like one out of like a limited run, like a one out of 500 print, right? Well, Great. it's like if you get a print of Starry Night, right? Like you're not getting Starry Night, you pay 20 bucks and you put it on your wall. Right, right. right. You're you're getting a, you know, a, a print of that. You're not looking at the original, right? Uh, and the original is the, you know, where the paint meets the canvas, right? The, uh. The, the thing with NFTs is that it it very easily can spiral out of control. Uh, and I can see a, a world where it, that just goes nuts. Like, to the point where you can't post a meme anymore because that meme is NFT. Right? Um, or I would have to... Uh, or there would be some kind of, like, you know, monetary recompense for, you know, from posting a meme. And that would just drive me up the wall. Like I have to pay a royalty to uh, uh, to do that. <clears throat> it's uh, it's a it's a rabbit hole, and I don't want any. I don't want it to happen. Um, and I just just I just don't want to see any more of that shit. <clears throat> oh, that is gonna be at least five dollars for that um <laughs> so for that uh, for that picture um so going through one more thing something that's coming out really soon um there was a isometric rpg i played that i liked quite a bit called hard west it's on steam it came out a few years ago and it was a uh hard west was this game where you were like a cowboy that got demon powers and fought demons in a western universe there's a game from Devolver Digital called Weird West that is very similar to that. It's like, uh, they're calling it Fallout meets Dishonored meets something else. But essentially, uh, it's a game in the Wild West where vampires and werewolves exist. Um, and I've seen gameplay of the main character turning into a werewolf. It is not pause real time or anything like that. It is a action game done in an isometric view, but with uh, cult powers. And it comes out on Game Pass on January 11th. 
So okay. I'm very much interested in it. If you're again, if you're interested, look up Weird West. It comes out literally in like three weeks. Sweet. So if you've got a sub, then it might be worth checking out if that sound tickles your fancy. But I don't really have anything else. Jason or Rusty, do you have anything else? Uh, there's a bunch of shit that's kind of small, not not very very interesting. I did hear something about a another uh, Splinter Cell. Um, this is another remake. Uh, it's a remake of the original game. Um, they just need to release another Splinter Cell. That game's been gone forever. It's Splinter Cell's just kind of been MIA for for years now, long time. I'm way into Splinter Cell. I would totally play that again. Yeah, I like, mean, I haven't played a Splinter Cell game since 360 era. Yeah, I think that's that's. No, the last one was on Xbox One. It was uh, um, shit, uh, Blacklist. Oh yeah. Yeah, but that was like very what 2013, 2014, yeah, something it was like early like, Xbox One. As soon like very quickly after Xbox One launch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the idea that they would be able to go back and and do some uh, some more of the uh, the the classic Splinter Cell, um, but upgrade it to uh, you know to current gen stuff. That looks that might be interesting. Um, it needs to take off again because uh, Splinter Cell was just a just a good game. Like, sure, the original Splinter Cell pretty clunky these days. I would say now, that was not Xbox One, Jason. That was on 360 in 2013. <laughs> you might have played it on your Xbox One though. Yeah, but it, it did. It came out on 360. Um, but yeah, but you're right on the. I just the remember year. it being a dual release. Yeah, it's just one of those. Uh, it's it's one of those games that could. Well, we need more Splinter Cell in our lives. Um, it's just they just haven't done anything with the IP, which is kind of disappointing. Uh, but yeah. now they'll be doing some things there. Chain, uh, I don't know who's going to be doing any of the voice acting or anything like that, but it's probably going to be voice acted. Google picked up on what we're talking about. One of my stories that came up on my phone is. Would you prefer a new Splinter Cell game instead of a remake? <laughs> God damn it, Google, stop listening. From uh, True Achievements, I'll give them the credit for that. Okay, That's there funny. you go. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, I, I heard about that, and I'm like, oh, well, that's that's interesting. Hey, there are some good remakes. I picked up, um, I, I don't know when I'm playing it, but I picked up Alan Wake. So the remake. Oh, yeah. I, so having stuff to play on my PS5. It was on the PS Store for $21. So I was like, snag. Because it doesn't, it doesn't, the original without really tinkering or modding at this point has a hard time on a modern CPU running correctly. The old PC port is partially tied to a certain run speed on your CPU or GPU, one of the two, but it runs way out of sync and tears like fucking crazy. And I have not been able to get it to run right. A lot of people have had that same problem, yeah. So the remake redoes the lighting, redoes the textures, and redoes the... It goes all the way up to 4K now. Cool. It's the same game, but I liked Alan Wake. Yeah, Alan Wake was fucking great. And if you do... Uh, if you don't know, 
and I'm not always too, you know, epic stores, but every game you buy has a $10 coupon that applies. So they're on sale for about the same price that Steam didn't do the winter sale on, unless Steam does something better with their winter sale. Uh, if I get anything, it may be on Epic because you get an, an additional ten dollars off with every purchase, as long as it's fourteen ninety nine or higher. Yeah, like I said, I've been you know it's really the only game that that really catches you know catches my eye right now is uh, you know Final Fantasy VII remake. So I might pick that up, um, you know, while it's ten dollars off. Uh, I would assume that it's at least a sixty dollar game. That's for sure. I'm not super happy about the whole uh, whole seventy dollar price tag being uh, you know being shoved down our throats. Um, I'm not super happy with the uh, with the new pricing scheme, but then again, prices haven't really changed in like what fucking fifteen twenty years. Um, and the cost to make a game has only gone up, uh, so it was bound to happen eventually. I just can't, you know, I don't have to be happy about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not happy about it either. I'm sure Jason's not either. Um, just yeah, no. an extra $10 uh, to, you know, Game to pick up a new release. Yeah, yeah, it just goes to show you that, you know, picking up things like Game Pass or, uh, or uh, waiting for, you know, for sales and, you know, on things just becomes even more imperative if you're, you know, if well, you're trying to mill through a bunch of games. PC Game Pass at this point now <laughs> pays for $70 a seven months of that. Uh, right. Yeah. No, if you was to take, uh, take for instance, Halo into account um, and say Halo was selling at $70, I'm not sure what it's selling for, but uh, if it's selling for $70, that pays for Game Pass for more than half a fucking year. So you might as well. Um, that if, if you play one triple A, two triple A titles every six months, you yeah, and, and then of course you've got all of the extra indie games that pop up on there. I don't know. Every time I talk about fucking uh, Xbox Game Pass, it almost feels like I'm shilling for them, and we're not getting paid by not, them fuckers. We're not uh, the only <laughs> podcast that does because there's plenty of I'd say Giant Bomb picking up the pixels, TVGP. Fucking, uh, like everybody that's associated with us, um, noquarters.net, like everybody shills for Game Pass. Like, I've got a PS5. Right. But, like, it's the deals. I mean, all three of us fucking have it. Right. It's it's just it's, it's, too good a deal to pass up if you're into a wide range of different games. It's it saved me a money on a lot of stuff that I thought might be really great that ended up being kind of okay. Right. Yeah. Um, so, I didn't end up paying full price for things, right? And then I've gotten good games on there that I've played a lot of. Um, like, I usually play a game every other month that, like, super hooks me, and then I end up trying a lot of stuff in between that either yeah. does or doesn't. So, to me, it always pays itself off. I mean, you know, yeah, that's... It's, it's definitely worth, you know, picking it up just for the, you know, just for the trying ability. It also... Um, it also has... Uh, in a odd way, uh, broke me of my habit of pre-ordering certain games. 
Oh, yeah. Like, I was talking to John and Matt, and they are talking about all the pre-order shit they were doing for next year, and I was like, I'm not pre-ordering shit. Right, because you never I, know if it's going to pop up on Game Pass, and if it is, then you They're just... like, what about the physical goods? It's like, I don't have enough room in my house anymore. Right, well, physical goods... I I would argue that, that getting physical versions of games uh, is, is almost dead already i've got a hundred games in the other room that i'm never going to pick up again like i've actually did, i would sell them but i i hate parting with a video game for three dollars at gamestop well obviously right yeah i might but i might go on ebay and ebay off a lot of old cds or dvds you know right you know the the physical versions of those things i think we're getting to that point where right now this generation the ps5 Xbox series is going to be the last you know console generation that has disk drives. Um, it's they're already you know selling the consoles without disk drives. Well, I don't buy vinyl pops anymore. I mean, I've got them over here on my desk, but those are the last ones we're getting. Right, I've right. got some a Dark Souls Knight over here and an Assassin's Creed dude, but I just. I don't have any more room for all the collectibles like I used to. Nothing against you if you really like that stuff, right? I mean, I've got some friends that are super into it, but I just, it just, it, it does, just, it doesn't, I don't have the draw to spend $250 on a game anymore for a handful of collectible items. Right. Well, it also means, unless it's Fallout and I can get a helmet. It also means that there's, uh, that this is, uh, this is the transition period where uh, game companies need to look into how they preserve their code. Um, Because looking forward now, we're going to be looking at uh, a time where games that are currently on the market will no longer be on the market, right? You know, and as soon as a old digital game with an all digital release no longer is market, you know, on a market someplace, then you're, you know, that game, that, that intellectual property is gone. That's lost. Uh, and that is kind of sad because like right now, if I wanted to, and I had the gumption and the money to do so, I could go and find a fucking Atari and pick up Atari carts and play those. <coughs> give it a couple of years, these digital releases will no longer be available anywhere, you know, outside of like maybe a torrent site. And, uh, <coughs> it's going to be harder and harder to preserve that kind of code. Uh, so we'll start losing, um, we'll be starting to lose art. <coughs> oh, God. My, uh, my lungs are starting to give out on me. So, I think it's about time. All right, Jason, where can you find us? Find us at TiltCast.com. Find us on Facebook and Twitter.com slash TiltCast. Our YouTube channels, YouTube.com slash TiltCast. Search for us on iTunes and Spotify. Subscribe. Find friends of the show. you got For the Love of Gaming. You've got Cabbage KBG. You've got NoQuarters.net. Picking up the pixels. Um bmfcast.com and tvgp.tv they also like souls games and with that it's the end of the show all right peace